this episode of the show, paid in part by... First, there was John Carpenter's The Thing. Then, there was Stephen King's It. Now comes another vaguely named monster, as some director presents that. What is that? Terrorizing an unnamed American small town. to God, I wouldn't even be surprised. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't be surprised at this point in time. Either you go back and you remake a classic horror movie, or you make a brand new horror movie that's totally crap. Ah, there's some gems out there, but you know, they come once in a while. Speaking of crappy movies, anybody ever see the horror movie Troll? (laughs) Oh man, what about Troll 2? Troll 1 had Jennifer Aniston in it, right? If you have a favorite horror movie that you love, or one that you hate, and you want to warn people about it, Tell us about it. Call me on the voicemail. I play all the voicemails on the show. All you got to do is call me. It's 814-799-0064. It's that easy, yeah. 814-799-0064. Yeah, that's right. Is it a rotary phone? I Honestly, I think it is a rotary phone. But uh... Rob Z, how the hell are you doing, buddy? I just want to say I miss you. I miss hearing your bubbly voice on the radio but now i got the podcast and i got you whenever i want <laughs> i want you oh boy to do a gofundme page so i can get a penis extension <laughs> that's right i just want to say i miss you little buddy <sighs> have a great day <laughs> and if you find out who this is you are the man holla holla at your dog bitches <laughs> Eight one four seven nine nine zero zero six four. I gotta be honest. That was that was mildly offensive. I'm gonna be honest with you, but I didn't say it. I'm just playing on. You guys are leaving the voicemails. I'm just playing them on the podcast. And yes, that is a rotary phone. I have to swing the the numbers the whole way around when I want to dial. Man, is that thing a pain in the butt? Hey, but what are you gonna do? Thanks for being a part of the show. Thank you. This is awesome. This is what I want to do with my life. How how lame is that? This is the pinnacle of what I'm trying to do. You know, I, I do a lot of stupid things in my life, but I also like to honor people who do awesome things uh and being a father it's hard to honor people sometimes because you have so many questions i have so many unanswered questions as a dad like when your kid's having a mental breakdown in a store how do you handle it how do you handle it when your kid is losing their mind and you're thinking to yourself what am i going to do without flipping out in public throwing my hands in the air and screaming at the top of my lungs because if you're like a dad like me that's the first thing that comes to mind so Dumb Dad Questions with Rob Z. I figured I should ask a dumb dad question. How do you handle a situation with your kid in the store when they're losing their mind? Well, one dad out there did it right by posting it online. He, he corrected his kid, took the kid out of the store, put them in the car while the mom was still in the store shopping, and then recorded this awesome video. My hat's off to this dad. Are you done? Sound like you're still whining to me. 
you're listening to the story, you're gonna stop whining, you're gonna stop screaming, you're gonna listen, because everybody see you acting a fool. I'm not taking you in back into Walmart until you stop with your mess. We're not going back in the store until you stop with your mess. If we go back in the store, you do it again, we're coming back out and sitting down. And I ain't moving until I want to move. I don't have to move. We don't have to walk around the store with your mom. That's a privilege. See, when you spoil the hell out of your kids, this is what happens. And see, that's our fault for being raised as ghetto kids and never having anything. But see, people don't know how to tell their kids no, even though they were spoiled or not spoiled. I don't care if you was grew up with a silver spoon in your mouth. Don't put one in your child's mouth because this is what happens. And then when you have to be stern and they don't like it because they spoiled, this is what they act like. I'm okay with the kids screaming in Walmart. What I'm not okay with is them not stopping when I tell them to. So we can be bored out here in this lovely old parking lot until Miss Ari Reese wants to stop screaming her head off. Amen, my friend. Amen to that dude. That Find that video on YouTube. It's a commend that man. If you see him in public, give him a high five to dads across the world, to parents across the world. Number one, your kid's freaking out in the store. I don't want to annoy somebody else, let alone be annoyed myself. So I would do the same thing in the situation. Get the kid out of the store because ah, it's, it's, it's embarrassing. But then to post something like that online... Show the kid, teach the kid a lesson, and also spread a message to the rest of the parents out there as to how it should be done. My hat's off to you, Dad. That dad rules. Can we get a round of applause? That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Awesome dads. Let's start this thing. Come on now. This is Rob G Radio. Speaking of awesome dads, I guarantee Trent Reznor makes an awesome dad. That's the point of this episode today. Uh, so some of these episodes, I record these on Mondays on occasion. <laughs> it won't be every Monday, but I'll try to make it every Monday. Music Mondays. So either I'll you know, pick a favorite song, I'll pick a favorite album, I will get one of my friends in here and have them pick one of their favorite songs, one of their favorite albums, maybe uh, one of my favorite artists of all time, that sort of thing. Uh, and today... This, now, if you go back in my podcast history, which you can't right now because I, for legal reasons, I had to delete the first 233 episodes of my podcast. I had so many episodes about music because music is such a big part of my life. I, I mean, if you talk about my first love, probably uh, Rogue from X-Men, <laughs> second love, professional wrestling, third love, music. And I've just been a giant fan my entire life. Nine Inch Nails is a band that I didn't get into until later in life, though, which if any Nine Inch Nails fans or hardcore fans are listening to this, you're going to scoff at that and find it hard to believe. My first, my favorite Nine Inch Nails album at first was not The Downward Spiral, not Pretty Hate Machine, not The Fragile, not With Teeth. It was Year Zero, actually, was the first Nine Inch Nails album that I ever purchased. Year Zero was awesome. I, I bought it. I'm not even sure why I bought it necessarily, uh, but I used to listen to it and be kind of iffy on it. Then my buddy Brian, by the way, that back catalog of, of old episodes of this podcast will someday be released. Do not worry. They're in a vault. I'm keeping them safe. Uh, but there's some great episodes back there that I'm really proud of. Uh, so I did not, they're not gone forever. Don't sweat it. But my friend Brian, he was on an episode before with me talking about Nine Inch Nails. Uh, that episode is gone at this current point in time. But he said, you know, because he didn't know about uh, Nine Inch Nails either. We both started at the same time with Year Zero. I had the album. I didn't really know. I, I was like, eh, it's okay. I don't really know how I feel about it. He listened to it with me. He was like, dude, this album's badass. It's so good. Why? What do you mean you don't like this album? It's amazing. So the more I 
I saw what he liked about it, the more I started to listen, the more I fell in love with the album Year Zero. And then, through Brian and through my own love for Trent Reznor and Nine Inch Nails, which, if you don't know, Nine Inch Nails really is just one dude. It's Trent Reznor. Now, when he makes music, when he goes on tour, he does have a band. He does have people like Atticus Ross who help him produce his music. But really, when it comes down to it, he's a one-man band as far as like designing and creating his own world through his music. And I think that's why Trent Reznor's music really stands out. It stands out to me because there's nobody else like him. Nobody else in the world, in the world of music, anywhere, on the face of the earth, is like Trent Reznor. The scenes that he builds through audio, which is what I love about audio. I love the theater of the mind aspect, which, as you can tell with this podcast, is where I'm going. I'm trying to create theater of the mind. I'm trying to create something you listen to and you fall into. That's, that's my goal with this podcast. And Trent Reznor does that through his music, throughout his musical career. If you listen to him back to Pretty Hate Machine, you listen up until today uh, to his most recent album, uh, not Hesitation Marks. What's the the newest, the EP he just came out with? God damn it. Off the top of my head, I cannot remember the name, uh, but it is just full circle as far as an artist. If you want to talk about somebody who's who, can, who has gone full circle, it is Trent Reznor. Easily. Not the actual events, I think, is the, the new EP that came out. Uh, and I, I, he just, he's taken his sound in all different directions. He released four CDs of instrumental ambient noises called Ghosts 1 through 4, okay? That's how wild he is. He was the director, producer, the music maker for the soundtrack to uh, uh, The Social Network. Remember that about Facebook with, with uh, Zuckerberg? back in the early 2000s. I mean, he really, or mid-2000s maybe, um, but he really has done so many different things throughout his career, but kept the same sound, kept the same energy and mood in his music. And uh, With Teeth, which was his fourth studio album, it came out on May 3rd of 2005 on his own label, Nothing Records, which was an imprint of Interscope Records, which if I had to pick a record label that made my favorite music throughout my life, Interscope Records, no doubt had the most albums that I loved. The most bands, the most albums they came out with that I loved. He has a genre almost unto himself called industrial rock. Industrial rock does have a bunch of other artists in it, but if you think of industrial rock, uh, if, if you're me, maybe somebody else has another industrial rock favorite band. I, <laughs> I'm not sure what those bands are. But for me, it's Nine Inch Nails. Head and shoulders above everybody else. And he credits Trent, Trent Reznor, Credits Rick Rubin as one of his major influences in music. If you ask me, who one of my favorite influencers in music ever, who's made more albums by more artists that I love than anybody else, it is no doubt Rick Rubin. The greatest of all time. The guru. The best ever. If you don't know much about Rick Rubin, go and watch um, his document. No, his sit-down interview uh, with Kendrick Lamar that was just shot a couple of years ago. They, they're sitting... In like lawn chairs, just BSing for 45 minutes. It's the best interview ever. I love that interview. And it just shows who Rick Rubin is as a dude, as a guru, as just a sorcerer of music. But let's get back to the song only from the album With Teeth. I was thinking about doing the whole album With Teeth because this might be my favorite Nine Inch Nails album. And Trent Reznor even admits this is his most straightforward rock album. So With Teeth, like a lot of his other stuff was experimental it was scary, really. Like The Downward Spiral is one of those albums that scares me. Trent Reznor also produced Marilyn Manson's um, Antichrist Superstar, which is another album that scares me. It's just because he just creates this dark, 
freaky mood, these soundscapes and these situations, when you listen to it, you're like, what in the hell is going on with this guy? What's up in his head? What's happening in his life? Now, also a, a cool fact is that Trent Reznor is from Pennsylvania, which I'm from central Pennsylvania, broadcasting live from the Launchbox Studios in downtown Altoona, PA. And the crazy thing about With Teeth is, okay, so he dropped a double album in 1999 called The Fragile. With Teeth didn't come out until 2005. He did nothing, did not drop a major label LP release from 1995 until, or 1999 until 2005. And when you ask where did he go, well, it was alcohol and it was drug addiction. Uh, he told Spin Magazine in 05 that he was going to just drink himself or drug himself out of it. He said, I got back to New Orleans after the fragile was made in 99 after the tour. And he pretty much lost his soul. You wonder how dark and, and twisted Trent Reznor is that he recorded the downward spiral in the Tate basement. So the Tate household is where, you know, Charlie Manson, Charles Manson and his crew back in the, what, 60s, 69? Um, they went to that lady's house, Sharon Tate, and murdered the family. He recorded the downward spiral in the basement of that house. That's how effed up. In, like, true to his craft. And I, I, I say that in, like, a very strange, twisted way, but it, it, it makes that album stand out when you listen to it. You can hear there's something possessed in that album. It's scary because I'm getting chills right now talking about it, and I'm not making that up because <laughs> that stuff just, woo. It, it, it gives you emotion. It adds emotion. It adds a feeling to your music. But Trent was in a dark place, and this album brought him out of that. It was about him regaining his self-confidence. And that's why I picked the song Only. Not only is it um, one of, if not my favorite, Nine Inch Nails songs. Uh, one of his most popular songs, really. I, I think as far as fans go, it's you know, closer is up there. Uh, but Only is a really, really easily accessible song, I guess you could say, as far as like uh, rock music goes. But Trent originally planned on the album With Teeth to be a concept album, complete with a storyline, which he had for a lot of his music. Uh, Year Zero was like that. But he said this uh, in 2007. He had said that he, would, he had come up with this kind of elaborate storyline, and the record With Teeth was going to be a concept record that had a number of pretentious elements to it. And I love how he comes out and says the pretentious elements part, acknowledging that pretentiousness. He said, I was going to talk about multi-layered reality, <laughs> that's where the drugs come in, right? Uh, and waking up in a dream that you can't get out of. Isn't that nuts, man? I love that. That's, that's what I'm talking about. The, this is the world he creates in his music. Waking up in a dream that you can't wake up out of. And eventually finding acceptance after you go through this period of trying to fight it. It was all kind of a big analogy for me getting sober. right? And, and the reason that he decided to ditch that storyline was because he felt that he didn't want to make a record about recovery. Because he felt that that was so cliche of a rock star. I, I think that this becomes like a, a thing that rock stars... This was my Getting Clean album. All of the big artists have had them. You know, I think of Eminem when that comes to my mind. Um, you know, you had, you had Detox... or Not Detox. You had uh, Encore, and then you had Relapse and Recovery. And you even had the Relapse Re-Up or whatever, Refill. You know... A lot, many artists go through because a lot of artists and a lot of people who are just not even music, you know, 
any stand-up comedian, any you know, painter, artist of that genre, any artist comes from pain, any artistry comes from something inside of you. This podcast, for me, is like just a, a way to vent, a way to get things out. So I can, I can definitely relate to him on that note, um, which I find interesting. I, I, I think it's cool that that's, this is how he found his way out of all of that. This is how he found his way out of that addiction. And during this, he was inspired, of course, if you listen to the album, by analog electronic effects, uh, tape delay, modular synthesizers. He brought that all into his music, which I thought was is super awesome. And the song Only kind of uh, exemplifies that. Is that the right word to use? I don't know. I'm not sure on podcasts how much of music I'm allowed to play from an artist. I'm just going to play a little sample, but this is how Only starts out. In case you've never heard it before, in case you want to just get a feeling for it. It's so simple, right? Oh, man. I just listened to it three times over before I started this podcast, by the way. So I I listened to it three times over, just getting myself ready, just to get myself into the mood, just to get myself into the feeling for it. So uh, he talked about the album itself, the album with teeth tackles Trent's opinion of himself, his relationship with the world around him and his place in that world, as well as those struggles that come along with addiction. Anybody who's struggled with addiction knows what that's all about. You're like fighting, uh, you're fighting a you that you don't want. You're fighting a you that your, your mind has created, right? Through habit, through day-to-day life, through like what, you know, the traps you put yourself in. And you're fighting that you all the time. You're like, this is not me. This me. And man, it's, it speaks true to anybody who's ever had some sort of addiction in their life. And I'm, I'm speaking to myself personally on that note. There, you're living this you that's not you. And you're saying, there is no you. There is only me. There's only this person. And, you know, the more I get into spirituality... And the more I learn about uh, Jesus and, and God and dig myself deeper into that world, which I should uh, not dig myself deeper like, uh, like it's a bad thing. Dig myself deeper as it's learn more and, and experience more of this. It makes so much sense. There's only one, right? There's only one way to be, and that's you. That's your present mind. That's you in the moment. That's the you. So there is no you as in the addiction. That the, that's made up by your ego. It's made up by your brain. It's made up by your patterns. There is no you. There is only me. <laughs> there is no you. There is only me. So when you're living this life of addiction, um, you can kind of have these moments where you see through it. You have these moments where you see, like you think you are this person because you you're hooked on something. But you have those clarity moments where you see through that. And you're like, that's not, this is not me. I can see right through who I am to the person I want to be. And that's one of my favorite lyrics in the song because he kind of repeats it over and over again. He says, sometimes I can see right through myself. And he says it normal a couple of times, like his voice. But then he like whispers it in sort of a, 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 a track looped. Just listen. This part just whoo, gives me shivers. Sometimes I can see right through myself. Right? That's just like, what? Sometimes I can see right through myself. Sometimes I can see right through myself. Man, I hope my podcast doesn't get pulled for playing that. Because I just want to, if you're listening to this, Trent Reznor or anybody associated with Down Inch Dales, like, just understand it's a tribute to Trent Reznor. How much I love this song, how much I love the music that he makes. 
But that part, sometimes I feel like I can see right through myself. It's when your parent, and this is, I think this separates anything, not even addiction. It, it just separates you from that person you pretend to be on a day-to-day basis. Maybe you're situational. In certain situations, you pretend to be somebody that you're not. Maybe you're one of those people, like myself, who like tends to morph themselves to the situation that they're in. And whatever that situation might be, you'll kind of mold yourself to that situation or that person, right? And uh, that's saying that sometimes you see right through who you're pretending to be. You see right through that person. You're not actually that person. Uh, That's what I take those lyrics to mean. Now, when you ask, you know, what does it actually mean? What is the meaning behind the song? Only Trent Reznor knows. That's what I love about music. You know, it's self-interpretation. You can interpret that any way you want it. That's how I interpret it. Looking at Trent's life and what he was going through making this album and what he was coming out of. And, uh, you know, just the way the song sounds itself. And my understanding of, of what those words mean to me, what those lyrics mean to me. That's, this is the feeling that I get. The gist that I get from this song. Um, you know, he's talking about his self-worth, not being based. This this could be another part of it. And this could be a part of fame. And a part of, not even fame, but just a part of everyday life. Like, what your self-worth. It's not based on what other people think of you. It's based on who you think you are. Maybe he's talking about multiple personalities, right? That could be another situation. But I like to think of it as, you know, we... we Try to please people in life. Even if you say you don't live to please people, it's hard not to sometimes. So when I hear those lyrics, I'm like, wow, that you know, that could totally be a situation where he's living for somebody else instead of living for who he is. He's living for what he thinks his fans want instead of living for who he thinks he actually is. He's living for what his addiction wants instead of who he really is as a person. And this was his coming out album. This like broke him through. This took him, I'm sipping on some coffee, by the way. Got to make it known, I guess. Um, But, you know, I I, I think that's another part of it. Like, you are not what everybody wants you to be. You are you. But how can you break through that curtain? How can you break through that shroud? That's the super tough part. That's the tough part that uh, a lot of people... uh, I'll I'll put myself in that category, deal with on a day-to-day basis. And... Another great part of the song is the music video. All right, so the music video for Only was directed by David Fincher. If you don't know who David Fincher is, uh, one of the greatest movie directors of all time because of the movies he's, he's directed. So uh, Alien 3, love it. 7, love it. The Game, love that movie with Michael Douglas. Wow, man, back in 97. Uh, Fight Club, Panic Room. Lords of Dogtown, Zodiac, The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, The Social Network, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, Gone Girl. (laughs) He's made so many awesome movies. Uh, Also, House of Cards, okay, from 2013 up until the present day. Um, He's been the executive producer and the director on that. And David Fincher shot music videos for years before he even got into music. So going back to 1984, working with Rick Springfield, uh, like Dance This World Away. He worked with uh, The Outfield in like 1986, Loverboy, um, doing music videos for some major acts. A, a ton of these through the 80s. Steve Winwood, uh, and then up until the 90s, he had some big hits with Aerosmith and Madonna, Billy Idol. One of my favorite dudes from the 80s and 90s. 
Uh, this is Michael Jackson. But here's the cool part, okay? From uh, 1996 until 2000, he did not direct any music videos. In 96, he directed Sixth Avenue Heartache by the Wallflowers. In the year 2000, he directed Judith from A Perfect Circle, which is a, a you know a Maynard, a friend of Trent Reznor, kind of on the same field. Like if you think of Tool and you think of A Perfect Circle, Nine Inch Nails, they all they they run in very close circles. So from 2000 to 2005, David Fincher did not direct any music videos until Nine Inch Nails and only. And here's the weird part: from 05 until 2013, he did not direct any music videos until Justin Timberlake and Jay Z's suit and tie. <laughs> I don't know how you're tying in the connections there. <laughs> but that's kind of strange, right? So David Fincher is a director for Only. And the video is so cool because the video is like of Trent Reznor's desktop, like, you know, his desk, his workplace, uh, pseudo workplace, I assume. But the video is him. Remember those uh, those pin? It was like pin art. It's like a, it's a bunch of pins and they have a glass or a plastic flat surface in front of them and you could put your hand on the pins or you could put anything on the pins and it would form a pin shape into the uh into the pins it would form a pin shape up until it hit the plastic uh plexiglass that, that stopped the pins i hope you know what i'm talking about look up pin art if you don't know what i'm talking about that's the central theme for the music video and it's trent reznor's face in the pin art singing it's like he wants to come out he's like release me and the pin art is like his way of like coming through the ether to have his real true voice released. That's how I interpreted the video, but it's one of the most badass music videos ever. One of the sweetest music videos ever. It's so cool. And it's awesome that David Fincher was the director for that. It's so cool that Trent Reznor made this his comeback. One of my favorite videos and one of my favorite songs, not just of Nine Inch Nails, but one of my favorite songs of all time, and I love that they labeled this song. As far as like music, they labeled it dance rock, they labeled it dance punk, they labeled it synth pop, and they labeled it new wave revival. Okay, new wave revival. I did not know that was a musical genre until uh, right now. But dance rock, dance punk, and synth pop. When you tie those things into this lyric. Did that just scare you? That just scared the crap out of you, didn't it? It just I know it did, and I did that intentionally because I wanted to throw that one at you because that's my favorite line from the song. Well, I can see right through myself is, but when he hits that part right there, and you're going to call it synth pop when he's yelling that, the, the music of Trent Reznor could be used for any artist. The music in this song could be used for uh, you know a multitude of pop artists. But when you have Trent Reznor behind it and the emotion and the the feeling that he puts into music and you have him yell that, I'm going to play it again. I don't want to scare you this time, but listen to the passion and the emotion and you, you get a sense of how he felt. And imagine coming through addiction. Imagine coming through something deep and dark and you, you're screaming at yourself. You're screaming at that person that you want to get out, screaming against the person that you want to die, that addiction. You want it to die, and you want that real you to come out. So you, it comes out like this. Oh, man. It's just it's intense. Once again, I pray this does not get pulled. Those are such small audio segments of the song. You would never pull it for that, right? I'm, I'm honoring the great Trent Reznor. 
These are songs that I love. These are songs that I move me. These are songs that have changed me. And only from Nine Inch Nails is one of those songs. The whole album, really, with, te- with Teeth, is awesome. All the love in the world, uh, the collector, the hand that feeds, love is not enough, every day is exactly the same, getting smaller, oh man, getting smaller is one of the best rock songs ever made from Trent Reznor. Sunspots, uh, Beside You in Time, just go, just get it, just listen to it, listen to it, listen to his entire discography. I'm telling you, Trent Reznor is one of those dudes. Nine Inch Nails, one of those albums uh, that I just... Nine Inch Nails is one of those bands that they he does something to me. He changes me. He changed me with his music. I, I just I love Trent Reznor. I love that song only. So if I had to suggest one to you, um, a song that I love that I want to pass on to you, and hopefully listening to this gives it a little more meaning for you. Hopefully I did just that. And thank you for checking it out. On that note. Got to pay some bills, right? Uh, I'm a social media marketer. It's what I've turned my life into, podcasting, social media marketing. So I'm working with businesses, and I'm working with businesses really anywhere in the world. If you want to work with me, we can we can work something out. But I'm really focusing on uh, central Pennsylvania because that's where I live, and I like to get personal with the people that I work with, actually go in, shoot videos for you, meet with you in person, find out what your personality is like, find out what your business is all about. Because if you're a small business owner, if you're a a medium-sized business owner, you are as much your business as your business is. I hope that makes sense. Like, when somebody identifies your business, they think of you, because usually if you're a small business, it's a one-man, two-man, three-man, or woman show. And the most important thing is to, to get your personality out as much as your business is. So that's what I want to do with my company, Happy Valley Social Media. I'm only working with five to six clients at a time, to keep it personal because I want quantity I want quality over quantity. So if that sounds like something appealing to you where I handle your social media, um, I also do consulting work. I work with you face to face. We talk on a weekly basis. I come in and it, it's so far for the people that I've worked with and I'll have testimonials eventually. Uh, they're really happy with what's going on and I'm not just tooting my own horn because it's my own business, although I kind of am just doing that. <laughs> if you want to find out more all you have to do is message me on one of my platforms. Facebook and Instagram is Rob Z Radio. Twitter and Snapchat is Rob Z Yo. You can see my following on those platforms to see that I'm not BS and I already do it for myself. And that's why I wanted to bring it to other people to help them with their business. So please, if you're interested, message me on one of those platforms or you can call the voicemail, which is 814 799 That's my new mission. To help out businesses, to make things happen, and to uh, hopefully, you know, change somebody's life through social media marketing, because that's that's real, and it's also real that I I have a deep passion for music. I have a deep it, it changes me. It makes me. And I, this is everybody. Music can make you feel no pain, right? Bob Marley said it, and it's so true. Like music can just put you in the right mood, put you in the right place. It's helped me get through a lot of things in life. This podcast. Also, is helping me get through a lot of things in life. Finding out uh, what I really, what I really want to do, and what I really want to talk about. What you know was on the inside coming out this microphone to you. So, if you're a kid out there and you're listening to this, who's looking for uh, some sort of mentorship, I'm, start, I'm starting a, a bit of a mentorship internship program, working with college students, working with high school, junior high kids. 
who uh, are looking for some direction. And really, if I had to talk about a main goal with that, it's to help you find your personality, help you find your voice through podcasting, through YouTube, through social media platforms, how to get that voice on the inside to come out on the outside in a positive way to help to help people. I'm not trying to have your voice come out and you be a total jerk. I don't want to do that. I'm not trying to spread that negativity in the world. I'm trying to spread positivity in the world. Uh, and that's that's uh, my mission, I guess you could say, for my life. Life mission. I just got deep on you. I apologize. Facebook, Instagram, Rob Z Radio. Twitter, Snapchat, Rob CEO. I got to go, y'all. Peace out. <laughs> That's brutal.